Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Today, we have Sheena Zhang, who is a friend of mine and someone who knows the world of product marketing super, super well. Um, Sheena is a product marketing consultant and advisor, and she also uh, runs Real World Product Marketing and Product Marketing Masters. I won't steal her thunder. I'll let her talk about those. But Sheena, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast today. And I guess, um, yeah, just tell, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Al. Uh, I think product marketing is one of those things uh, where I always say product management was like five years ago. Everybody and their mom wants a product marketer, but very few people have a common definition of what product marketing actually is. So uh, I kind of fell into product marketing by accident, um, starting at companies like Microsoft, Marketo, um, and now I lead uh, a product marketing advising company. So uh, basically helping startups up through, you know, actually IPOs and, um, and public companies think through different things like messaging, go-to-market, positioning, pricing, packaging, all of that fun stuff that I'm sure we'll dive into. Um, I also teach classes online. They're case-based um, called Real World Product Marketing or uh, productmarketingcourses.com. Um, just because, as I mentioned earlier, I think there's just so much misinformation and misconception about what product marketing is. And I want to be able to help um, dispel that knowledge into the world. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think there is a lot of misconceptions as well as just a, some things that uh, people don't realize. And so maybe we can start there. What are some of those common misconceptions about product marketing that you tend to hear over and over and over again? Yeah. So, you know, generally within um, at least tech companies, there's three big marketing triads, I would say, that make up um, a marketing organization. There's corporate marketing, which is literally like what we call air cover or above the line. Like, how do we talk about our company from a boilerplate perspective? There's demand gen, which is exactly what it sounds like. How do you create demand and get leads, at least in a B2B sense, into the funnel so that your sales team can hopefully go and close business? And then there's product marketing, generally speaking, that really thinks about pricing, packaging, go-to-market. Um, how do you distribute what your engineers and product team have created in a way um, that is uh, consumable and memorable for your buyers? So, the first misconception is where does product marketing even sit? So as you can probably tell by my uh, answer right there, I firmly believe that product marketing should sit within marketing, even though um, product is in the name. I have seen some companies where product marketing sits in product, but I think that when that happens, the function becomes way more um, inbound focused and technical focused. What I mean by that is you more closely, which is a good thing, work with product managers, but the main um, measure of success becomes thinking about things like roadmap and thinking about things like features and functions versus when it's generally in marketing, you're thinking more about like solutions. So if you think about an evolution of company or evolution of a product, you usually go from product 
to solution to industry. And I think product marketing uniquely sits at that intersection between product to solution and being able to take things out to market via industry. So I think that's one big misconception or misunderstanding, I should say, of where product marketing should actually sit. I, like I said, argue it actually should be part of marketing versus product. I think the second thing is like, how do you measure product marketing? I think that's like one of the biggest challenges because in that model I just gave you, demand gen is very closely aligned to, let's call it a, a lead number, right? We need to hit a certain number of leads per month, per quarter, et cetera. Uh, product probably has some sort of metrics around shipping product and engagement and adoption, et cetera. But I think with product marketing, it can be a little bit more nebulous because if you're creating a deck, if you're creating content, you know, how do you actually measure whether that that was a quote, quote, good deck, right? How do you measure the influence on revenue? And I think that when I think about product marketing, you have to be a really good storyteller and be able to drive a narrative. And I think that can be hard to measure, but I like to look at things like uh, adoption of content. So many sales and enablement tools out there will give you that visibility um, or even, you know, being able to, to track that manually through um, any of your demand gen funnels, just seeing downloads, et cetera. So I think traction of content is one big thing. I actually think product marketing should be closely aligned to sales teams. So thinking about things like how do you decrease um, time to close deals? How do you increase the average contract value of a deal? Um, obviously internal, I will call it MPS, like are, are you a good partner to teams like demand gen and marketing and product teams, et cetera. So I'm sure that's a whole podcast in itself about how to measure product marketing that I won't go down into. But um, I do think that a common misconception is our misunderstanding is like, how do you measure success within product marketing and when, where should it sit and who should actually own it? No, I think those are, I think those are great. Uh, great points. And I feel them both very acutely myself as a product marketer. Those are both or both of those are things are that I my team has actually thought about and actually evolved through over the course of the last year. So I think those are really on point. So going back, I think that, you know, you've been working in product marketing for a while. And, you know, on the flip side of some misconceptions or things that people don't understand, I would love to maybe talk a little bit more about like what it is. And so um, very tactically, could you maybe share um, in your time as a product marketer, um, something that you worked on, whether it was like a specific product or a specific launch or a specific project of sorts that you were, you know, really proud of and um, really cemented to you, like why you enjoy product marketing so much. For sure. I'm old. <laughs> so I've been doing this. She's lying. She's not old, but keep going. <laughs> um, 10 years now. And um, I think as a product marketer, one of the things you have to get underneath your belt is to do a launch um, and a product launch when I say a launch. And so one of the first cuts I got at that was actually at Microsoft. Um, I did it actually a couple times, once in Seattle where I launched a very sexy product called SQL Server 2012, oh, wow. um, ages me, but it was also a billion dollar product. Um, and I had a million dollar budget and I was 24 and had no idea what the heck I was doing. Um, the second time I did it was actually in Asia. So I lived in Singapore and I was able to launch Azure uh, across nine countries, Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand, Korea. Um, developed and developing markets are very, very different. Um, Azure is a cloud technology for those of you who aren't familiar. And it's almost like a leapfrog technology in the sense that if you think about, for example, Africa and in, in India, they never invested in um, 
and phone lines. They went straight from having maybe nothing to two to three cell phones, right? So similarly, in some of these, especially developing nations, they have a very similar model. So um, I'll just talk about Asia because I think that's an interesting story. Um, I'm especially proud of one of the fundamental things you have to understand as a product marketer is your buyer and your market. So as I mentioned, Australia, probably pretty similar to the U.S. in terms of how they conduct business, in terms of um, purchasing cycles, culture, etc. Vietnam, Philippines, Singapore, um, Thailand are vastly different uh, in terms of uh, localization, in terms of pricing, in terms of who the buyer is, in terms of buying cycles. Um, and so uh, because I was at APAC headquarters, which was out of Singapore, I almost saw myself as like a hedge fund manager. What I mean by that is I had a Azure number I had to hit across APAC for the year. And then I had to think about how do I allocate that revenue number across nine countries. Um, similar, if you're familiar with that industry, hedging to make sure that you're building enough buffer so that you're able to actually hit your revenue targets. So that's just one part of it, which is like literally setting targets. Um, but as I think about a launch, you know, there's five components of that in, in a very simple framework. There's the marketing, there's the sales, there's the partner, there's services, and then there's customer success or customer onboarding. So um, as you can imagine, I did not do all of that. <laughs> I actually worked together with the local teams across, like I said, marketing, sales, partner, services, and customer success to really think about um, what does success look like for that particular region, for that particular buyer, understanding those particular dynamics, and then how do we build a plan and mobilize um, the local sales team, marketing team, partner teams, et cetera, to go and execute to hopefully hit certain revenue targets. Um, I learned a lot. I had no idea what the heck I was doing. Uh, I made it up as I went, lost a patch of hair from stress in the process. But um, I think, you know, if you're a product marketer, what's core to everything that you do is being able to deeply understand and champion your buyer better than anyone else at aggregate in the company. And so as you think about doing that, um, it's like almost like a GM mentality of a business. Like if you think about if you own a PL, like what are the levers that you need to be pulling within that market dynamic to, to launch a product successfully and, and get the adoption, the revenue numbers ultimately that you're looking for. And um, yeah, I think I really enjoy that piece of product marketing more than I would say maybe the inbound or you've heard me, you might have heard it called technical product marketing. As I alluded to earlier, sometimes product marketing sits within product. And so therefore, um, you really uh, measure it against internal metrics, right? Like, are we shipping on time? Do we have enough bugs? Does it have the right feature cut, et cetera? And I find it so much more fun, so much more sexy to be on the go-to-market side of it and really understand revenue and share. Are we hitting our revenue targets? Are we growing the pie and or taking the pie from our competitors? Um, and that was such a fun time because of where cloud was within that market at that time. This is like 2014, 2015. And I'm sure just because of the way technology works, like there are so many other technologies that are just on the cusp. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be geography, but it could be segment, it can be industry where it's like really exciting to be on the forefront of launching that product and thinking about the various strategies and go to market motions to make that successful. Yeah, no, thank you for that. And, you know, for anyone out there listening, so Sheena talked about a couple things there. So she, you heard inbound, you heard outbound, um, you heard technical product marketing. And what I think the takeaway is, you know, particularly for MBA students, many of whom are probably transitioning into product marketing for the first time is that 
there are a couple different flavors of product marketing and it, and it really just depends on some of the things that she talked about in terms of, you know, what, what vertical are you in, right? Like who is your buyer? Um, you know, is it B2B or is it B2C? There's a whole bunch of different levers that will determine kind of what, what type of role the, the product marketing will be in. And so I think the, the main takeaway there though, or at least what I would love for people in part is that, you know, as you kind of go through and explore this career path, um, as you start talking to people, you start looking at job description and postings, um, really getting a deep understanding of what the specific objectives of the role are really important um, because it, um, there are so many different things that a product marketer could do and it just really is going to vary um, company to company and role to role. Um, but with that in mind, you know, one of the things I would love to maybe hear and get your perspective on, um, regardless of um, what type of product marketing, are there some important skills, what are some of the important skills that are really important for product marketers to have um, to be able to do their job and to do it well. Yeah, you already heard me allude to narrative building. So being a really good storyteller, uh, the formula to me for good storytelling is, is it memorable, is it concise, and is it repeatable? People remember stories, not facts. So if you think about when you create a deck, when you create messaging or positioning, it's actually not important whether or not it resonated with the person on the other side as you're presenting it's actually more important that that person is able to go tell their peer their boss their manager someone who works for them etc and that's what a really really great story is right um, and i think it's something that um may be hard to teach but for people who enjoy writing for people who enjoy reading for people who enjoy really the content piece of it it's a great skill to have because you can imagine it's a noisy market everyone's trying to create messaging to stand out and if you're able to like I said tell a story versus spew facts you're already cut above the rest um, so I think that's one really important skill to have the second is um, you know I, I'll call it like business acumen you heard me allude already to like this concept of being a GM of a business um, you know, one thing that obviously MBA school really, really trains you well is to really look at the critical thinking element of how do we take a product to market or how do we drive additional growth or how do we drive additional adoption, et cetera. And so having that business acumen of understanding, like I said, across the various levers that you have, marketing, sales, partner services, customer success, how do you drive the right strategy so that um, ultimately you're, you're hitting your business goals. And some of that is an art and some of it isn't a science, right? Like if you think about business acumen, yes, there's a playbook for maybe B2B, there's a playbook for B2C in terms of acquisition, et cetera. But some of the most disruptive go-to-market strategies have broken the playbook. So a good example might be Slack and their freemium model. And obviously now a lot of other companies, I would argue they weren't the first one, like Dropbox and back in the day, Office 365 really like drove that, right? Um, but they've obviously taken that to another level. You know, are you in the COVID world? Zoom doing some really interesting things by like removing the 40 minute um, time limit, at least initially and, and offering it free for K-12, et cetera. Um, so I think like just having that business acumen and that creativity to understand how to hit revenue targets, grow the business or hit whatever goals is really, really important. Um, I think the, the last thing we'll hit on, and again, this is another topic we would spend all day on, I'm sure, um, is I think you have to be able to be a really strong communicator and work well with others. So I'm going to call it impact and influence. In a product marketing role, 
you don't own Demandgen. You don't own salespeople. Like when I say own, like they do not report to you. And that Azure example I gave you of Singapore, like I didn't have a team of 50 people working for me, right? I had to go and influence them with data, with narratives, with, you know, strategies that would help to win them over in an alliance perspective for them to hit their goals, right? Um, that's obviously a large company at Microsoft, for example, but even if you're at a startup, again, product doesn't report to you. Engineering doesn't report to you. Sales doesn't report to you. So you really have to be creative and be able to build impact influence within the organization um, in a way that people want to work with you and for you, right? And work together with you. So I will say um, that's another one. I'm giving you some of these softer skills that I would say you can't necessarily teach, but I've seen some of the best product marketers I've ever worked with be able to really build those alliances naturally. And just a lot of times it's through curiosity, right? Asking the right questions, um, helping other people feel like they were supported in their personal goals as well. Yeah, I think you listed a bunch that I 100% uh, agree with, and I agree with them not because I just believe in them, but also because I I have to, to live and breathe them myself every day if I want to be successful at my own job. And I think to your point, um, particularly the one you talked about in terms of working cross-functionally, I think that one is so critical in terms of, I think the hard skills in terms of number one, like when you have to work with sales services, customer success, uh, adoption, like all those stakeholders, um, you need to know how they think, work, operate, and the metrics that they care about. But you still also need the, the soft skills of actually being able to, to your set, to your point of like, when you don't, um, when you don't, when they don't report to you, how do you, how do you drive to execution in a way where they're going to want to engage and that they're going to, they're going to want to support it? Because um, I think that can be really, you know, challenging. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say is that um, people sometimes ask me like, what do I do? And I, I say, I, I use words all day. Um, and yeah. it speaks to like the communication piece and whether that yeah. is through spoken communication in terms of, you know, presenting um, content to uh, an audience or um, presenting content to like your sales teams and doing sales enablement, or that's communication in terms of coming up with a new narrative or trying to distill a really complex paragraph into a very succinct message. Um, you know, like I, I, I can't speak enough about the importance of, of things like that. But the one thing that I would say, particularly for MBA students where I do see a potential and opportunity is, isn't that cross-functional piece one, because you do get a good robust uh, academic framework across a lot of the different functions, but, but two, you know, if you do a business school, right, you really do get a chance to work on a lot of those soft skills that I think are really critical to a role like product marketing. And particularly when you are looking at product marketing, like to your point, within the context of a large organization. So not only are you in a cross-functional role, but then you're in a 50,000 or 100,000 person company where if you don't have those soft skills for a lot of roles, it's, it's just gonna be really, it's gonna be really hard for you to get, get what you need done. Um, so I think those are, those are a couple of just color commentary points I would just, I would add to the things that you highlighted. Um, so something that I think might be helpful because you've worked in product marketing in a couple of different environments. Um, so not everyone, not everyone is naturally just a product marketer. You know, there, you know, people who become product marketers could have worked in other, either somewhere else within marketing or maybe perhaps like another, uh, another function. I'm just curious from your perspective um, in, in the product marketing teams that you've worked on for people that you've worked with who didn't necessarily come up as a product marketer, what are some common other roles or uh, within marketing or other functions you've seen people kind of transition into product marketing from? 
Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, as I mentioned, when we started this podcast, like I feel like product marketing is having a moment, right? Especially as you think about um, companies wanting to be creative and innovative and how they bring products to market. I will say no matter what your background is, like there is an opportunity for you to transition into product marketing. Some of the paths may not be as linear as others, but I will give you a few examples of um, different transitions that I've seen people make. So if you are technical, you have a, you know, product background and engineering background, heck you are a CS major. One of the easiest transitions that you can make is to what I kind of alluded to earlier around technical product marketing. So the way to think about that is you work closely with product, you work closely with engineering, mostly product to really think about what are the features, what does the market want, what are competitors doing, how do we think about roadmap um, as it pertains to product. Uh, you create the core storytelling narrative around the different products in terms of naming. Many times you own pricing and packaging for the solution set. And also you create the demos, not only for your sales team, but also for the executives and also just thinking about the marketplace, et cetera. So I love hiring people that have a technical background um, for that role. Obviously it's in the name, you may hear it called inbound product marketing, but the best ones are able to like storytell and translate you know, aspirin to headache and really paint the picture or you'll hear shovel versus the hole, like really paint the picture of the problem that the shovel and or the aspirin is or product is looking to solve, but be able to take their technical knowledge to um, translate feature function into solution. So that's a natural um, progression that I've seen a lot of people make into product marketing. If you have more of a liberal arts background, maybe you were a journalist, maybe you worked in more of a traditional marketing content role. Um, heck, maybe you just really like writing and reading. Um, I think a very natural role is to go into like a product marketing content role. Um, sometimes it's shaped that way, definitely on the outbound side. I've seen it a lot. I mean, you're just creating a lot of content, right? Whether that's uh, ebooks, whether that's web page copy, whether that's sales decks. I mean, going back to that concept of narrative building, that's what you do day in and day out. So um, I would argue like that's a really common transition path where I'm like, I just need to hire a really good storyteller, a really good writer. It's someone who can crank out stuff fast. Um, if you're an ex-consultant, I think, you know, a natural um, uh, transition is that business acumen role I kind of talked about previously. Now, I don't expect, you know, you to own a PL coming straight out of business school, but I do think thinking about, okay, I'm gonna own working together with partners for this specific role. So I have a partner influence revenue for this particular product, excuse me. I have a partner influence revenue I need to hit, like how do I think about working across functions to go and hit that? Um, I mean, that's a pretty versatile background, but just thinking about like, even if you go to a startup, right? Like if you have a strong business acumen background, from a consultant or, or whatever it may be, you can really think about going back to my earlier concept about marketing, sales, partner services, customer success. I mean, those are your lovers, right? And so you really want to think about when you want to throw gasoline in the car to, um, because, you know, there's just certain growth engines that are work better than others. So that's a pretty common one I see as well. Um, what else? I mean, Honestly, though, product marketers, like, again, like, that's why I started an online class. It's not like you can go get a degree in product marketing, so I don't think people should be intimidated by it. I think it's a really fun, the reason I love it is I find that it's a really fun intersection of left brain and right brain, um, and no matter 
if you come from an industry. So I have met a ton of product marketers who have spent 20 years, let's call it in healthcare, um, highly regulated, complex. Um, if you come from manufacturing, et cetera, many times you'll see a role called segment product marketing or industry product marketing. And literally, if you guys remember earlier, I was making, talking about that transition from product to solution to industry. They think day in and day out about how do I sell this product or how do I grow this product within the healthcare industry if you're a healthcare um, product marketer. So like I wouldn't be, what's the right word? I wouldn't be um, hesitant or held back just because you don't have marketing in your previous title or you have product in your previous title. There's a lot of subject matter expertise within industries even that I would argue I've hired for um, depending on the market of which we were trying to grow. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And as someone who transitioned into being a product marketer from another discipline, I, I, I definitely agree. I not only have done it, but I know plenty of other people who have. And uh, I always like to say that the very meta experience of interviewing and landing a product marketing job is that in and of itself, it is an exercise in product marketing. Mm -hmm. True. Truly understanding uh, what are your unique um, features and benefits and how do they solve a specific pain point or provide a specific solution that helps the customer? And in this case, the customer is the employer, right? And uh, what are what what unique thing do you bring to the table? And you know, for some of for some people, it might be their specific functional experience. For other people, it might be their industry experience. Um, but I do think that there is a path there um, for for a lot of people, regardless of where they're coming from. And I think on that notion, uh, so a lot of folks who go to business school are doing so because they do want to switch careers into something else, right? They, and um, I'm just curious from your perspective, you know, what advice do you have for people who are interested in product marketing, who are thinking about making that career transition? You know, what, what should they be thinking about or what can they do to, to best set themselves up for success knowing that, um, you know, sometimes, you know, hiring managers do want people who have that title like on their resume. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put it real simply, hustle. Um, I'll tell you a story. So when I was transitioning, moving from Singapore back to San Francisco, or I should say back to the U.S., I'd never lived in San Francisco before. I knew nothing about Silicon Valley. I knew nothing about tech. I literally did not understand how this ecosystem worked. And similar to probably many of you, I would put my resume on to um, uh, you know, career sites. And that was just like the, the, the black hole of death, right? Like never hear back. Um, and what I actually then learned was that uh, I would have more success if I, to your point, was able to get to the hiring manager, which is not always the easiest thing, right? Because um, you don't want know often who the hiring manager is, um, or they may not respond to you. So well, what I always tell people when they're trying to transition to any job, and especially in product marketing, where to your point, like there's potentially a lot of competition and people are looking for specific skill sets, like don't let your resume get you out of a job. What I mean by that is hustle, like literally create a list of companies that you're interested in, go on LinkedIn, go through your alumni network, whatever it may be, figure out who else you know at that company that works there. It could be a second and or third degree connection. I think the beautiful thing about at least Silicon Valley is generally speaking, people are very pay it forward mentality. Um, once you are able to get to that person, it doesn't matter if they're in product marketing, it doesn't matter if they're in marketing, they could be in engineering, etc. Ask them to figure out 
if they're kind enough, who the hiring manager is and get in front of that hiring manager and ask to buy that hiring manager coffee or lunch or whatever it may be. So that's actually what I ended up doing. I made a list of companies. It was like LinkedIn, Octo, Coupa, Marketo, et cetera. And I think the reason, the only reason I ended up working at Marketo is because like a second degree connection to a VP um, of partners there who I then ended up asking him to intro me to the CMO. And then I, yeah, just hustled and I was like, Hey, I'm going to be in town. I was living in Singapore at the time. I literally booked a ticket to San Francisco, not only for Marketo, but for all these companies. And uh, I was like, I want to take you out to lunch or whatever and just get your advice. Right. Um, and he was so kind and he was willing to do that. And uh, you know, the rest is a little bit of a history, but I will say, like, you'd be shocked at what people are willing in terms of the generosity and kindness of their own time. And I think you have a much better shot. Um, hey, I don't know, in this in this post-COVID world, like, maybe everything's resumed now. But my point is try to get in front of people. I will say, like, that's the best thing that you can do because then people don't just see you as another resume, but they actually can talk to you. They can build a relationship with you and they can imagine working with you. The second thing is a little bit more tactical, but I always tell people who are transitioning into product marketing to create a portfolio. If you have any friends that are in architecture, if you have any friends that are in art, you know every single one of them have a design portfolio that they have like painstakingly curated through the years that showcases their best work. Do the same thing. I know you haven't done product marketing work. Maybe you have, but you have writing samples. You probably have some sort of a deck you've built if you're an ex-consultant. You probably have some sort of a um, website you've designed, like whatever it is, pick the three to five pieces that really showcase you and your ability to write, storytell, crank, messaging, positioning, etc., and then create a Google link or whatever, and send that along beside your resume. Like really figure out how you stand out against everyone else that's applying for that role. Um, that's what's something that you know the website crawlers that read ATS systems that read you know resumes don't often um, catch. So. Number one, hustle, use your network, um, be bold, right? Don't be an asshole, but like be bold and ask if you can, you know, buy people coffee, buy people lunches virtually, maybe now in this new world. Um, and then number two, like curate your own um, resume, or excuse me, your own portfolio, because that will help you stand out. Yeah. So two things. Number one, um, your company list was pretty badass because every single one of those companies either got acquired or went public or in some cases, both. <laughs> so yeah. nice, nicely done there. Uh, so number, <laughs> number one, got lucky. Nah, I mean, all of them, that's pretty good. So number one, so that, but no, number two, I agree. I think particularly for product marketers and particularly those in business school, you need to have, you need to have some sort of way to showcase your abilities and your talents, right? If it's not going to pop up on a resume, like you really should make sure it can pop up um, I'm sorry, if it's not going to pop up through like a title on your resume, show them through the work that you can do the job and make it accessible and visible. And if you want to know what you need to create, really simple exercise, go talk to a product marketer and ask them what their big deliverables are. They will tell you and you will find out what they are and then go and try and abstract that and try to create your own. And I think the ones you listed are perfect, you know, in terms of a couple of blogs or a white paper, uh, in terms of um, you can go and put together, like, honestly, go put together a blog and review the positioning of five companies that you're curious about, right? Simple, right? Like showcasing that you know how to do those skills. Um, the other thing I was going to say, and I, this is something that I have experienced and something that I've really tried to pass along to others. Um, knowing the hiring manager can be really difficult. That said, 
if you know who the hiring manager is, one of the things that sometimes helps is if the hiring manager is someone who's familiar with a background like yours. What I mean by that is um, there's a company, which both you and I know very well, that has hired a lot of product marketers who are ex-consultants. And part of the reason why is because someone who was high up in that department previously in his career worked at Accenture before he got into product marketing. And so he knew the value or he could understand kind of what consultants were bringing to the table. And so on a couple of occasions, a couple of my friends who have gone to work there got reached out to by this company, even though they weren't really considering product marketing. And at first they didn't understand why, but the whole point of it was, is that he had made that journey and he was very empathetic and understanding and he knew what they brought to the table and, uh, and maybe what some of their shortcomings were. And so anytime you can get a hiring manager who maybe has experienced what you were doing or can empathize with that, I think that sometimes can, can help. Um, again, yeah, that's a hard, great point. it can be hard to find that sometimes to your, to your point, but, uh, with a little, uh, you know, with all the net ways you learn how to network in business school, I'm confident, uh, I'm confident that it can be something that could uh, potentially, potentially work out for you. But, um, but no, I think, a really I think great point. yeah, no. And again, like as a career switcher, it's something that, you know, I've, I've, I've personally like lived through myself. And, um, so I feel very fortunate about it. And, uh, and yeah, so the people who people, you know, we've all had, particularly if you've ever had to make a career switch before, I think you empathize, you can empathize and understand of kind of getting that stone wall of, Oh, like we've, we're sure you could be really good, but we're really looking for someone who has, you know, already done the job or like who already has like the title on the resume. And so um, I have found that people who are hiring managers who have had to live through that, they get it. And so they, um, they understand, but I know you, yeah, have, yeah go ahead. It's really interesting. Um, like we can uh, do a whole session on this about like hiring manager psyche. Yeah. But I think the main thing you want to do is to eliminate any risk. Yeah, absolutely. That, may be associated with hiring quote unquote someone who hasn't done it before right because if you think about that phrase of oh i want someone who's done it before which we've all heard in every yeah. job interaction we've had it's really about how does the hiring manager not have to effectively do your job and or micromanage you and or have egg on his or her face because you're not able to um deliver on the promise that he or she initially fought for for you so go in if you go in there with that mentality of how do i manage the downside risk of hiring me your resume helps, your network helps, your portfolio helps, but also, you know, to Al's point, getting meta, like you can um, be able to story tell, oh, here's specifically how I could help you and how we would work together. I think the more you can, again, manage that downside risk, it's, it's the higher probability that someone's willing to yeah. take a chance on you. Uh, and, and something you said in terms of that storytelling piece, I think that's so critical, um, particularly for a career switcher you need to be able to connect the dots for people because they're, they may not necessarily see it on first glance. So you have to really, really like hone in on what that story is. So real quick side story on this. When I started looking for product marketing roles myself, I got really lucky in that I was invited to an event, uh, a diversity event at a company that um, was, was just, it was, it was open role. So there's lots of different roles across the company that were hiring. But I ended up talking to a recruiter and I told her I was interested in product marketing. So she happened to connect me with a product marketing recruiter that was there. And I was fortunate because this woman was an amazing recruiter and she basically gave me 20 minutes of her time. And she said, okay, I know you're a consultant, but like, tell me why you want to be a product marketer. And so fortunately I did have a story down and I was very clear as to like what that was. But every time I would apply for a role at this company, she would go to the hiring manager and she would debrief them and say, listen, I know he's not product marketer, 
but I can tell you three reasons why he could be a great one and why we should interview him. And I got every single interview for every single role I applied to. Now, I was lucky because I just so happened to raise my hand and say, I'm interested in product marketing. I was lucky in that there was a product marketer there, but I did nail the connecting the dots piece so that every single time that recruiter um, had a chance, she was able to put me forward and she was able to tell the same story that I told her to the hiring manager and it was able to make an impact. Um, so yeah. um, I, think that's, I think that's really important though. Like you can't expect people to get it right away. You have to connect the dots for them. Absolutely. And um, like I said, help them envision mm -hmm. the value that you could yes. add to their company yeah. or that. Yeah. Again, very meta because that's what you have to do all day as a product marketer to get people to buy yes. your stuff. Um, yes. So back to being a hiring manager, because I know you've hired product marketers before. Um, could you talk to me a little bit about some of the types of things you like you look for when you're hiring product marketers? Yes. Um, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. I scan a resume and I do it within 10 seconds and I've made a yes, no decision already, whether it's implicit or explicit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I like those backgrounds I mentioned earlier. I will say like, I mean, the basics, right? Like your resume needs to be tight. It needs to tell a story. I think, um, I look for numbers on resumes. I see so many, and I'm not here to like tell people how to do their resumes, but it's one thing to be like, I launched a product. It's another to say I launched a product that was a billion dollars over nine countries. that led to X percent year over year revenue growth. Helps me understand the scale, the impact that you're able to make. So, um, especially if you've worked at companies that maybe aren't as um, brand name or recognizable, um, I, I really look to understand like, can you in a detailed society, succinct way tell me a story about yourself right like a resume generally is one page at most two pages it should not be anything more than that but um can i can you tell me the story of yourself and that's why to me i look for um you know like i said like is there some sort of a progression in this person's career um i think that's really really important um in terms of the interview process i mean you have to be able to communicate if you cannot communicate to me like, why are you here? I generally always start with that, right? Like, like, like what, what brought you here today? And if you can't tell me a really great story about, I don't know, you, you met someone who turned you on a product marketing and you randomly came to this thing and now you've talked to these three other people. Like, I like the hustle. Like, I love it when you come to that interview, you've already talked to three other people that maybe work at that company who haven't, obviously may not be in product marketing. You understand our industry, you understand our space. And you can actually come to me and say, I looked at your website, I looked at three of your competitors and here's some things that I think you guys could potentially do to stand out more. I love that. Like, you basically started the job, right? Um, without even uh, me me investing in you um so just like basic hustle do your homework talk to people i mean the internet is amazing now get on blind figure out like what our culture is like ask me the hard questions don't ask me some question that you could have found on google and um, show me that critical thinking show me that business acumen show me that narrative building very early on because otherwise the rest of the 20 minutes i'm just probably tuning it out and looking at the clock <laughs> yeah totally no i'm with you i'm I honestly, like, I, 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 you might spend more time on resumes than I do. Um, I totally agree with you. I'm pretty quick to look at those. Um, I think all those things that you mentioned are, are really key and really important. And great idea on blind. I hadn't thought about that one, but that's a, that's a, that is actually a really good one. If, if your comp the company is, the company that you're looking at is on there, definitely go, uh, definitely go find out. Um, yeah. 
go to Glassdoor, go to all these things. Yeah. I mean, the internet's your oyster. <laughs> um, Sheena, thank you so much for join, jumping on today and telling us what all MBA students need to know about product marketing. Um, if we're curious about uh, your classes or anything that you do, where where can we find you? Where should uh, where should yeah. where should we send people to? Yeah. Always open to LinkedIn requests. I'm sure that's like B School Networking 101. Um, so Sheena, I'm sure it's uh, there's only one unique spelling of me, so I'll be easy to find. Um, as I mentioned, I teach online case-based product marketing um, courses. It's www.productmarketingcourses.com. Um, I just don't believe that you can learn product marketing through like three videos. I actually think I became a better product marketer when I wrote really shit messaging and positioning. And then I had like mentors and bosses help critique it. And so that's kind of the approach I've taken with my courses where it's case-based. Like I said, you get a prompt, you get a template and you create a product and then we get on the phone and we go through it. Um, so that often is actually the beginning of the portfolio for many of my students. Um, I mentioned that earlier. They often are like, I don't know where to start. I'm like, great, here's some personas, here's some messaging templates, here's some um, sales enablement, um, go-to-market stuff that you can start already putting in your portfolio. So um, yeah, happy to chat um, and look forward to hopefully hearing from some of you. Hi, everyone. LD here, and thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.